Hey, you know what time it is. It is episode six, three ways to stay one step ahead of your sneaky child or teen. On the Teach Your Son podcast. A little quick intro. My son is sneaky. He tries to stay up late, sneak his phone out of his room, steal the device charger, go on sites he shouldn't, etc. Then I run into problems later where it's hard to make him go to bed or wake him up the next day and hard to get to be able to trust him. Yeah, does that sound familiar? What do you do? Well, this episode will give you a clean sweep of this some tips and tricks to get one step ahead of him, giving you the chance to give him the opportunity to come clean. And that's coming up on the TYS episode six. And as you heard before, our special guest is back for the second time on our podcast the lovely outspoken parenting partner and wife of 21 years here's jennifer yay (laughs) jennifer thanks for coming on the teach your son podcast are you ready to get talking about some sneaky teens oh yeah some sneaky behavior absolutely as we have in the past episodes. Let's get you caught up on the last podcast. Do you remember that one? That one was about the sleeping. Yeah, your son's evening and wake-up routines. Especially for teens. Yes. Listener question. Let's get back to that real quick. That was... What to do if your son doesn't show a consistent interest in the same career. Then we talked about how important it was to keep your son on a sleep schedule throughout his life. We also talked about how the teenage years pose new challenges to waking him up. And we talked about why that was and what we tried to get him to overcome our son's sleep issues. So we want to talk about that and just real quickly cover what's been going on in our house. I finally put my foot down because I couldn't take it anymore. (laughs) I basically went ahead and told Joshua, this is the schedule and you're going to follow it because I can't have you doing this anymore. So now we have him going to bed at nine. We have him turn off all of his devices at seven he is not allowed to have to have the phone or the the computer he can uh he has to get everything done between seven and nine desserts if there's any kind of little tv show he wants to watch you got to do it all at nine o'clock and then i told him go to bed whether you sit in there and read or you journal in your journaling book or you just sit there and look at the ceiling you will eventually fall asleep and you'll get on your schedule and sure enough we did it for two or three weeks and he finally is on a schedule now on the weekends it's a free-for-all he can stay up as late as he wants but because of the well 10 yeah the phone has the phone on the weekends the phone i forgot the phone does have to come to our room by 10 and the computer needs to be put away but he can watch tv if he wants to and stay up and that has worked great for us normally he doesn't stay up until 10 11 12 on the weekend because he gets tired and so he he's getting used to that five day a week going to bed early and so he can't make himself stay up any later on the weekend <laughs> absolutely 
So it kind of worked out that way, but I did want you guys to know that it does work. You just have to be consistent. It may take a little while. Don't give up on the, your son. Just keep pushing, keep plugging away at the time and stick with it. So if you missed that one, be sure and check out that last podcast and, and fire me any questions you might have. We'll choose one lucky one to address on the program. Speaking of questions... Let's get to this one. This is one of those that came through my Facebook group. Uh, I'm a member of the Autism Dads Facebook group. And this is one of the questions they gave me. Let's talk about ABA therapy. This is what they say. We're on the fence about putting our son in ABA therapy. Would you recommend it? I think that's an outstanding question. Let's talk about it. Okay. So ABA therapy stands for Applied Behavioral Analysis. And basically it's goal-centered therapy. Therapists and parents, they get together and they set these goals. And if the child doesn't meet that goal, he gets no reward. It's an all or nothing type of response. And it can be really discouraging when the child is starting out because he's watching all his peers get their rewards for meeting their goals, but he's not meeting his. So that can be one of the reasons why it puts people and parents on the fence. For example, Joshua had this really hard time interrupting others. Listening to peer talk for, say, a minute, it was really hard for him to do. And so Joshua would interrupt his peer talking, and then he would get no computer or device time. And it was like, just a second and no device time. It was that strict. They used his 3DS, actually his Nintendo 3DS is his kind of carrot to keep well, him. Well, at the time he was really into his Nintendo 3DS and he would bring it to ABA therapy which they allowed him to do but the stipulation was that they would use the 3DS as an incentive to get him to do those things that they wanted him to do like learning how to not interrupt other people during a discussion. So there are some criticisms of ABA therapy that I looked up. It only helps with problem behaviors. It doesn't teach new behaviors so those parents that don't like ABA they feel that maybe it's a little cruel to be the all-or-nothing response. Um, also, for some patients, it just doesn't work fast enough or at all where they can see progress before parents pull them off of it. So remember, because it's all-or-nothing, some parents say it doesn't work because they have a strong-willed child who loses motivation. But on the flip side, research shows that ABA therapy is good in reinforcing target behaviors in those with autism as long as we know that they're problem behaviors. Um, and I could see this in Josh. Parents who believe ABA tries to take away perfectly fine, just different behaviors with society's normal ones. I could totally see that. I mean, there were things that Joshua did when he was autistic, purely autistic, that weren't necessarily bad behaviors. They were just autistic behaviors, you know, like going up and talking to people that were complete strangers and being very friendly but to the point where he was then asking them for things out of their ice chest so the behavior wasn't that much of a problem yeah but the second one yeah that's a bit of a nuisance now there was one time and i'll tell the story of we were at the hobby lobby and there was a man there that was a paraplegic or he 
he was missing one leg. He had a, what do you call it, honey? I'm sorry. It just went blank. He had a... A false limb? Yes. And Joshua didn't really understand what was going on. And so he would blurt out questions. He really didn't know about whispering to me. Joshua was more, he would either ask, go up and ask that person. It might make that person very uncomfortable. Or he would just blurt out to me in the middle of a store about it instead of, you know, waiting and exercising his patience to wait until we got in the car and talked about it so it with Joshua it was more an Asperger's problem where he didn't know socially what he needed to do absolutely and I we could explain it to him till we were blue in the face but it was just not sinking in but once we got him in ABA therapy then it was you know it was that repetition it was that incentive to constantly learn that these are the social norms and this is how we need to work things. Well, and the other thing I noticed that it's grown over time. I mean, it was first they would electrically shock the autistic kid for not giving the right behavior. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. So it could be that that kind of reputation still comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it can be traumatic, I think Joshua, in that setting, found autistics, I guess, peers that were a lot more dramatic on the spectrum than he was. Yeah. Yeah, because there were people that had kids that would just scream completely aloud most of the 30-minute session. Because that was their only way of communication, Mm -hmm. a nonverbal, is going to communicate in any way that they can, especially if they cannot speak. So knowing that kind of thing, understanding the criticism, Jennifer, would you recommend ABA to other parents? I would, and I have in the past. You know, if a parent brought up to me that they were concerned about their child might need ABA therapy or they may think their child is autistic or has Asperger's, I'd say, well, it doesn't hurt to go to your your child psychologist and have them tested. And then if you do get them tested and they do need the therapy, what's the harm in going ahead and putting them in there? They're going to learn something and they may end up being better kids for it. So I would never not suggest it. I mean, yeah. Don't we always, as as kids, um, I mean, all kids learn that if you do something, uh, do a behavior, then you're going to get something taken away. Mm. So it's not any different than if you were not autistic. If I did something wrong when I was a kid and it was not a behavior that was warranted, I would get something taken away from me in order for me to learn that that is not a good behavior, you know? And then if I did something good... I I would get whatever the incentive was. It's just whatever we can do to help our children. And if they need the help, then why not just try it, you know? And then if it doesn't work out, what what are you, you know? Now, you do need to go with a reparable ABA therapy therapist, and you need to go to somebody that your child is going to be comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And you need to do your homework and check it out and do your research, you know? And if you don't feel comfortable about it, then find somewhere else. But it doesn't hurt to to get your child checked and to send them to ABA therapy. And we were kind of on the honeymoon of ABA therapy because we had a really good therapist and she really connected with Joshua. And then it kind of went downhill after that. Well, and we're not saying like downhill like it was bad. It was just that our therapist that we started 
started out with was a family friend that we had found out and she really connected with Joshua and then she got promoted and then he kind of went through a couple of more therapists and he never really did connect with his first therapist like he did with the, all the other therapists and so that that was hard for him to be to you know needing to you know he connected he had this great connection and then it kind of <laughs> went down after that I mean I'm not saying down like <laughs> they weren't helping him because they were but when you come out of the strict. gate getting a platinum ring and then you like get your ring taken away and you go down to all right so the analogy is that for Joshua, therapy started out as like a platinum diamond ring. And then it went down to like a 14 karat gold diamond. That's how it was for him. Because he went in there strong with the therapist that he loved. And then it kind of waned. Well, and she had everything organized. She was like a super therapist. <laughs> everything was color-coded. <laughs> It, it was you great. told us whether he, he met it or he didn't mean it. She was working on certain projects for him. And like, then she got promoted. And we, we love that she got promoted. We were so happy for her. But we missed her so much. Anna, we love you. If you listen to this, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone in behavioral transformation was pretty awesome. Was pretty awesome. Yeah. But it's just that Joshua really bonded with with Miss Anna. So. Yeah, and I think BT and ABA was a godsend for us, really. It helped me be a better parent. Yes, I mean, because you learned a lot about being a better parent when you go into ABA therapy. You know, I hear a lot of horror stories about parents that have challenged children or they're autistic or they have ADHD and the parents are at their wits end or they're spanking or they're yelling all the time and mm -hmm. we were yellers I I was yelling a lot before mm -hmm. ABA therapy and then I realized going through the program that you don't have to yell at your kids that have autism or, or ADHD Joshua's on the spectrum so he has both and we don't need to yell at our children to get there. In fact, it makes them even more upset when you do yell at them. So, and no, we don't spank at all because that that doesn't work one bit. <laughs> no, no, at that all. that just that just makes everything way worse. Yeah. yeah, and it gave me a way, especially during school, to kind of real, I guess, reanalyze the meltdowns. Yeah, and that really helps. I would recommend that for anybody who Any has parents. a kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the idea of sitting down and saying, "Okay, why did you do what you did?" and getting him to that reflective moment after the moment that. That was just powerful. Well, and we learned through the through the uh, therapy as well for us as parents that a lot of communication is involved. And yes, it takes more time. And you think as a parent, if I just yell at him, it's going to make everything better. Or he's going to listen better, but he's not. So sometimes you're going to have to take the time to sit your child down who has autism, who has Asperger's or ADHD, and sit them down and talk to them and communicate instead of yelling and threatening. And it's just that they're trying to communicate to you how they're feeling and what's bothering them. And then you pretty much can get down to the nitty gritty and find out what's really going on. And it's not because of what you thought it was. It's something totally different. 
That's a very good point. And the other thing I would say is I'd reiterate what Jennifer said. If you're choosing ABA, make sure it's a reputable program. Do your research. Visit the center ahead of time. Ask lots of questions. Be open to let yourself be retrained as a parent. Yes. Um, because it's not like the, these kids come to us with instructions on how to do this. Everybody parents differently. Everybody comes from a different background as far as family. Um, I came from a family where my father believed in spanking um, yeah. and threatening. And then you, Jeff. Well, it started kind of that way, but it began to soften. As, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had made up my mind after Joshua had gotten diagnosed with um, autism that I wanted to not be that parent. That I wanted to be a totally different parent. So I am not the yeller anymore. I'm not the spanker. I'm not a very controlling try. Try not to control Joshua very much I just try to let him communicate to me and he trusts me enough to tell me everything and I think that APA therapy had a lot to do with him being able to feel like he could come to me about anything. I mean, there were casualties in Joshua's personality. His sense of right and wrong uh, was kind of challenged at first. Yeah. Um, he hid his assertiveness. He's not as assertive as he used to be when he was a kid, you know. And, um, and remember, you just because you can't always think that how you were raised is going to work with your children. That's true. Because your child is a lot different and you're gonna have to find out what definitely i think too that that boy scout behavior needed a little softening too because he was what most likely to tell you the truth in in elementary well, yeah, school when he was in elementary school if somebody was doing something wrong if somebody was bullying somebody he was the else, police if somebody said a cuss word he was like the school's policeman at, at when he was in public school and i was like joshua you have to stop doing this because you are not going to have any friends if you continue to call them out on all their bad behavior let the teacher do it it's not your job he felt like it was his job he really did to parent every child is yeah so hopefully we answered that question aba gets a thumbs up from us um thank you for the question listener the aba game it was a game changer for us okay. it really yeah. was um if you have any other questions be sure and send them to us at email teach your son at gmail.com that address again email teach your son all spelled out at gmail.com all right, let's all right, get on. Jeff, what's next up on uh, Teacher All right, well, first today? I wanted to explain this is like a full 30 minute packed episode of Sneaky Kid. Okay, we only have 10 minutes, so <laughs> we're going to have to get this in in 10 minutes. This might go over, actually. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It may be 30 minutes just on the Sneaky I know, Kid. Just on the Sneaky Kid part. <laughs> All right, let's get going. All right. right, so again, the idea is why. Why are you your son's parent? Your son needs limits and you have the artificial tools to set those limits. But when your child starts stretching those limits and getting sneaky, what do you do? Well, you be their parent. You reinforce the consequences. You still want to keep in sight the reason for them to have these consequences is for them to have future successes. But what so many times you see them is they kind of use the guilt card. Don't you trust me? I mean, that happened early in his life. So when we look at the gamut, 
We're going to look at Joshua and his sneakiness from when he was a little child yeah. to now in his mm-hmm. teenage years. And the sneakiness, it like grows. They get even sneakier as they get older. They yeah. come up with better waking. <laughs> they do, definitely. So if you were to look up what the experts are saying, that's what this podcast is going to touch on. And they're going to go back and look at the same important idea of setting that consistent example. I found one particular piece of advice that was most interesting. Uh, There's this Mighty Mommy podcast. And on it, expert Cheryl... or actually, it was Cheryl. Cheryl Butler. She came up with this great advice, or I thought it was thought-provoking at least. Uh, for nine years, she had this podcast from 2012 to 2021, and she had eight kids. So I figure she knew what she was talking about. And she was talking about how many of them had periods of developmental delays. What she says is, number one, you model what you preach. I think we've talked about that quite a bit, but the idea is that you teach them what you want to see, and that involves showing that example. Uh And then the other thing is you engage the sneaky moments, the behavior of the sneaky moments, okay, in a dialogue of a problem-solving conversation. So that would be something like advice to avoid the confrontation. So the bag of Snickers is missing from the counter, and you know he took it, but you still go in there and go, you know, hmm, I've been looking for the bag of Snickers. I haven't seen it. Can you help me solve this problem? Mm -hmm. That's the the advice of the Mighty Mommy podcast. Okay. Okay. And Jennifer and I were talking about that a little bit, about how, yeah, we could see how that could not work with an autistic kid, but that there was some truth in it. Instead of going through the accusations in that way, you're putting the child on the defensive. But if you ask him to solve a problem, he doesn't see it coming. Example, the other night, he took our charger. So instead of going in there and saying, Joshua, you took our charger, give it back. No, I didn't. I didn't do it. Okay. (laughs) Then you would say, man, my charger is missing. Have you seen it anywhere? Can you help me find it? So it's just a different way of doing the same thing, only you're not putting the child on the defensive. So it'd be something like that the other thing is if he doesn't fess up um, then you can start to put in those ultra specific consequences so if they confess honor is the best behavior and tell them if it happens again be very specific and write it out and let them know what happens if it happens again Okay. That that way there's an incentive not to lie. So if your son has a hot date and he snicks out, you know, he's not going on that hot date, right? Also, if you take the phone away, be sure and take away the laptop too. I've got parent friends who take away the phone, but they won't take away the laptop. You have to take away both of them, okay? It's very important. You also, in our house, have to take away the Nintendo 3DS. Yes. Because the 3DS... It's amazing how that shows up. (laughs) They will get desperate, and when the laptop's gone and and the... when the laptop's gone and the phone's gone, they will hunt all around the house for a 3DS because guess what? They can get on the internet on the 3DS and look up YouTube to watch videos all night long. Oh, yeah. And, and then they're using Prime the next thing you know, trying to do the same thing that they do on yes. the... 
Yes. Sneaky. It's That's what we're talking sneaky, about. But it's not just the phone. Okay, if your child is being sneaky and you've made a rule that states, I am not going to allow you to stay up till 9 o'clock and you catch them in their room at 11 on a device, they all go away for however long you say is appropriate. For us, 24 hours works real good. Within 24 hours, he straightens up, he Mm -hmm. gets back on track, and he's done. I've heard of parents that take away stuff for a week Mm -hmm. and to me that's just punishing yourself we've talked about this on the (laughs) other podcast about you know punishing yourself are you punishing the child or are you punishing yourself um but yeah every parent does it differently that's how we do it but yes you have to take away all the devices because it doesn't make sense for them to be on, to not have their phone, but to be on the computer talking to their friends on Discord. If anybody knows about what Discord is or Roblox, you can still talk to your friends on Discord and still communicate with them on a laptop. So it's not like you did anything amazing by taking the phone away. You didn't. It just means that they figured out Another sneaky way to get past it because you didn't know that they could get on Discord and talk to their friends. So number four, praise the honest behavior. So the other point they get to is that your teen needs rewards for being honest, especially about the behaviors where they were dishonest and now they're honest. Yeah. Let's say they're lying about a concert and where they are, puts them in harm's danger. I mean, that's something you need to address. Yeah. You know, that's not, not something you can let go. So the next time they, they're home and they're home on time, then you can reward them with maybe extra time the next time they go out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So always with autistic kids, you introduce the guideline, you rehearse it, you reward it, and when it's right behavior, and when it's not, you take something away that's of value to them, if that's the goal of honesty. So let's look at this inside the parent perspective. They are testing your limits, and you set them and you stick to them. What if the sneakiness wasn't always the case? Well, we'll look at that question. Jennifer, when our son first started out his life, was he sneaky? Yeah, I think all kids are pretty kind of sneaky, but yeah, Joshua was sneaky. You know, he would sneak stuff. Mm -hmm. He still sneaks stuff. He still tries to get away with stuff. The point is that this is not something that doesn't work at all behavior levels. It works on all behavior levels with all... I remember the first time I caught him being sneaky was with that Seton workbook when he was looking up the answers so they didn't have to do things over again. I was going to just bring that up because it (laughs) popped in my mind too. We're on the same wavelength, Jeff and I are. (laughs) A lot. But we, he was taking spelling, and I think it was his second year of yeah. Seton. It, was, it had to be sixth grade. It was fifth or sixth grade, and I had the book all laid out. It had the, it had the um, ultra the, organized, ultra organized, and the answers were in the back. And I thought, oh, this poor little, this poor little thing, he ain't gonna look in the back. He's not gonna know that. He's that a good very heart. Last tab. He's he's an honest boy, right? Oh no! When we started noticing, he was. <laughs> getting hundreds on all his tests i was like something is up 
So, yeah, because those were hard words. Uh, I was missing some of those. <laughs> just happened to go into the school area and sure as shooting, he, no, it was in his room. He was in his room with the binder and I, and I just happened to have this weird feeling, got this feeling. And sure enough, he was in there and he had, he was popping the answers back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, what you doing in here? Nothing. I'm not doing nothing. Oh, he was doing something, y'all. He was <laughs> cheating. And we had a big, long talk about that that day. Sometimes. got some stuff taken away. You remember. You got some stuff taken yeah, away. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Sometimes, too, it, it's good to, I guess, where I was able to be a teacher really helps me out because we just recently put him on a cell phone contract. Mm-hmm. Because he was sneaking his cell phone. Well, he was sneaking in his room so he could stay up late mm-hmm. and be on it all night long. And then we were trying to figure out why is this kid so tired? We have him going to bed at nine o'clock. Well, he was coming in our room while after I'd gone to bed and I'd sleep pretty deep. And he would sneak in our room and come in underneath my nightstand and take out of the basket his phone. So I'd start hiding the phone all over. Hiding in the closet, hiding it in the safe, hiding it in baskets, hiding it in uh, underwear drawers, anywhere that I could get. And he got in trouble for it. I was like, and so that's why we came up with contract. Mm -hmm. Because we were tired of him taking our or, so or not leaving the phone alone so it's a smartphone smart contract and if you want a copy of it if any of y'all want to copy the contract i'm sure jeff would be more than happy to put it on the teacher son website yeah absolutely yeah. yeah um just a little bit of the specifics so now he has to give us the phone by 7 p.m each night except for on weekends it's 10 p.m um he can have it no later than that's 7 p.m he can't the have it any later than 7 p.m. The, the laptop, when does he... It's at 7 as well. 7, okay. 7 and 7. So he had this extended time up to 10 o'clock, and then he messed that up. Now, the other thing is I want to point out about the contract is make it easy on yourself. Put the responsibility on him. One of the th idea was make it easy on yourself. And to make it easy on yourself, then you make sure that the limitations that you put on him, he's responsible for taking the initiative to get the phone back earlier. The way we've got our contract set up is he doesn't get the phone back at all, but at at the end of the year, Jennifer or I are going to sit down and we're going to discuss whether we'll give him back the phone with the privileges that he had before. Yeah. But right now, he's being given the punishment of one more day each time he messes up. Yeah. And he's not counting it. So he's like being stubborn and he's going to end up messing up. Oh, so it's going to go. Oh, because we're making him responsible yes. for counting the days that yes. he's, and he's not going to do it. And he's that contract. Mm -hmm. is going to be continuous. There's not a date on it. And it's just going to continue to to go on because he refuses to take yeah. the time out. The October 16th, he was supposed to get his phone back with all privileges reinstated, but because of his stubbornness. Yep. You know, and that's all you can do is give him choices. Okay, so let's sum up. The idea is 
model what you preach, engage your sneak with a problem-solving conversation to get him off the defensive or however you need to get him off the defensive, and then establish super specific consequences and crazy honest behavior. If that doesn't work and your kid's already figuring it out in problem-solving, let's move on to the teen advice. You ready? All right. I'm ready. Heart to heart talk. You need to have a heart to heart talk of distrust. And then you need to ask the kid, number two, his help to fix the problem of your lack of trust. And then you outline very clear consequences for the incidents that cause your mistrust, and you make sure that these are meaningful. Now, we, we've said this over and over again. Those consequences have to be meaningful, and you have to follow those up with a discussion. If you don't, you don't know whether they're meaningful or not. Uh, meaningful. Easy for me to say. Yeah. Yeah. And then reward when it's appropriate, but you continue to love them through it. Because remember the goal. You're trying to get your child to the point where he's independent and he's reinforcing his own healthy behaviors. Last way we solved our sneaky contact, remember, was that heart-to-heart. Mm-hmm. Then we had our contract drafted together. Yeah. Then we had the contract signed. Then the contract was implemented. We cleared up to make sure that there were any consequences to keep him from being in an area where he didn't know what his response was to be. For example, if we were sleeping late, the phone could be left outside. Of the room. Mm-hmm. In the living area. In a common area. So as long as you're specific on those things and you've made your contract contract even more specific to him and putting the responsibility on him, then it's easier for you. Yeah. And no yelling. There's no yelling. You just, you make your case and that's going to be the rules. Remember, you're the parent. He's the child. Even if he's 16, 15, 17, you are still the parent. He's the child. That's right. But what if your problem isn't being sneaky for sneaky's sake? Sneaky's sake? Yes. Sneaky sake. What if? That's yeah, that's a hard one to Woo! say. Sneaky's <laughs> sake. What if he's being sneaky because he feels like he can't be successful? Like he doesn't want to fail, so he's using that as a backup, his sneakiness. Hmm. Well, let's hold up, because that's kind of what was happening with algebra. That's another podcast episode, and we'll tackle the beast of beasts math and its latest victim the algebra student you know what i just don't know if i'm gonna be on that one i think i'm not gonna be the special guest on that one (laughs) you're gonna leave me alone to suffer with algebra oh yeah well you all have a great week any comments or suggestions shoot them at us email teachersson at gmail.com Be sure and like the podcast and tell a friend. Oh, and remember, those resources will be on the website. Have a great week, y'all. Bye.